Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Welcome to Voice of the Church. This month we're studying the gospel as it is found in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, the beautiful chapter that shows us God desires to give comfort to his people, and he does so by showing them himself as a God who is almighty and a God who is full of compassion and loving kindness. So we continue our study in Isaiah 40 today, and we'll be looking at verses 12 through 26. It's a little bit of a longer passage today, so we won't read the whole thing, but I do want to begin with reading portions from it. So I'll read a number of verses and I'll let you know which verse I'm reading as we go. Isaiah 40, verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breath of his hand has marked out the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket? Or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who has understood the mind of the Lord? Or instructed him as his counselor? Down in verse 21, it continues saying, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. Its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. And then finally in verse 26, Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Well, we've been focusing upon how God gives comfort, and he does so by calling us to see him, to understand him, to know him. That is a central part of the Christian life. There's a, a great Christian teacher by the name of Sinclair Ferguson, and he wrote these words, The knowledge of God is the heart of salvation in all spiritual experience. Knowing him is what we were created for. It will occupy us throughout eternity. That knowledge of God is where we begin to understand who God is. And in knowing God, knowing his power and his grace, we find our encouragement, our strength, our consolation. And in this section of Isaiah, God shows his greatness over against everything else. All the things we might look to that we might think can satisfy us and bring us hope and happiness. God points them all out and says, listen, none of them can do what I alone can do. I am greatest of all. And that's not boasting on God's part. That's not arrogance on God's part. When God tells his people he is the greatest of all, it is an act of love because he wants us to know the beauty of knowing the one who is the greatest of all. And he does so today by comparing and showing us how great he is over creation. Creation is the word we use to speak of the universe, the world God has made. And the universe is a pretty incredible thing. But we live in something that is called the Milky Way. And sometimes if you look at the stars at night, you will see an area of the sky that is a little bit filmy, a little bit of a white haze. And if you were to take a set of binoculars or a telescope and look at that area of haze, it would disappear. The haze would no longer be there. Instead, what you would see would be star upon star upon star. That's the Milky Way. That's the galaxy we're in. A galaxy is simply an area of the world closer, area of the universe closer to us than everything else. And in this Milky Way, there are roughly one billion stars. They're so close together, they make it look 
like it's this white haze in the sky, but really it's just so many stars that are so close together, even though they're far away, that it seems like a haze. Well, that Milky Way, and I'm borrowing a little bit here from a pastor named Louis Giglio, who does some wonderful talks on creation. You can Google him. Uh, That Milky Way is a rather remarkable thing. It's only one of many galaxies. It's the one we live in. But if you were to try and get to the edge of the Milky Way from Earth, and let's say you could travel very, very fast. You've heard sometimes of the speed of light, and the speed of light is very, very fast. But we're going to talk about going faster than the speed of light. If you could travel to the moon and back in one second, do you know how long it would take you to reach the edge of the Milky Way from Earth? It would take you roughly 9,726 years to get to the edge of the Milky Way. Just to the edge of the Milky Way. And that is one of a hundred billion galaxies, scientists tell us. At any rate, what's the idea and what's the point of these intriguing stories about the universe and what God has created? This massive universe, the Bible says, God measured with a span. He measured with a span. Now, I'm always losing my tape measures. I always find they disappear around the house somewhere. And so sometimes my wife makes fun of me because I need to measure something. I hold out my arms and I'm around six feet tall. And so I know from one tip of my fingers to the other tip is roughly six feet tall. And I use my arm span to measure out the size of a room or the length of a couch. And my wife chuckles at me. The Bible says God measures out the universe with a span. And do you know what a span is in the Bible? It's not how far it is from the tip of your fingers to the tip of your other fingers. It's actually how far it is of your hand. If you stretched out your hand from your thumb, tip of your thumb to the tip of your pinky finger, you take this Milky Way, you take this galaxy of 100 billion stars that would take you 9,700 years to get to the edge of, and God can measure it with a span by stretching out his hand, so to speak. And you'd know how large it was. If you try and study how many stars there are in the universe, scientists tell us this is an extraordinary number of stars. In our galaxy alone, 100 billion. Our church has a good-sized sanctuary, maybe the size of a large gym. And when I shared this message with our congregation, I said, you know how many stars there are just in the Milky Way? There's enough stars that if every star was the size of an M&M candy, you could fill this entire sanctuary, this large gym, with M&Ms up to three feet in height. The kids would have loved it. But that's just our galaxy. If you consider the entire universe, scientists tell us there's so many stars that you would not only fill up this large gym with M&Ms from the floor to the ceiling, but then you could turn around and empty it and refill it 31 trillion times. And in verse 26 of our text, God says this, Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. This passage is going to go on to deal with a people who thinks that God has forgotten them. Who thinks that God has somehow overlooked them, hasn't seen how tough things have been for them, or how hard life has been. And God's going to say to them, Have you not heard? Do you not know? We think sometimes God has forgotten us. We think sometimes God has overlooked us. He hasn't overlooked you. He holds all the stars in his hand. He made each and every one. He calls these 
billions and billions and trillions of stars. They don't even have a number to count the number of stars. They, they say it's a two with 23 zeros after it. And he knows the name of each and every one. The Bible tells us God is so great in power and might that he not only knows you and everything about you, but he's actually counted the hairs on your head. They tell us that stars are exploding in the vast realms of the universe all the time. And stars are being created. And Stars are massive things, aren't they? They're balls of fire. The sun is our closest star. It's so hot in the summertime when, when we feel that summer heat. They can burn our skin if we've been in it too long. And the Bible tells us God holds all the stars in the palm of his hand. Why does he tell us this? Why does he show us his greatness? Well, several things, first of all. Because he wants us to know there's no real competition for God. Sometimes we think we can find happiness looking to something besides the Lord. In the days of Isaiah, they made idols. They made little statues. They called them gods. They prayed to them. They had some for fertility. If they wanted kids, they could pray to a certain god, thinking that little statue could give them children. For others, they thought if they wanted crops, they'd pray to a different god, and they'd make a different statue, and they'd pray to that god, and that god might send the rain or send the storms to allow the crops to grow. God looks at all these things and says, Don't be foolish. They're just the works of men's hands. You might make them to have eyes, but they can't really see. You might make them to have ears, but they can't really hear. The very best of you have to try your best to make sure whatever little statue you make doesn't fall over when the wind blows. Why would you trust in a statue? when the living God cares for you. There's a few things you want to draw out and understand from this. First and foremost, the living God does care for you. He cares for you with an infinite power and infinite wisdom. Don't turn away from him. Don't think you know better. How often do we think that if we could determine how our lives would go, it could be so much better for us? We think we are wiser than the God who made the universe and everything in it. Have you ever considered the complexity of the human being? I heard a story of how when the eye is formed at five months when the child is in the womb, over a million optic nerves come from the brain and over a million optic receptors come from the back of the eye. And those million optic nerves have a one-to-one match with every one of those optic receptors. And in God's sovereign hand, while this baby is still in the womb of the mother, those one million optic nerves match up equally those one million optic receptors and the eye is able to see. Do you think this God lacks the wisdom to know how to care for you? Do you think this God lacks the power to govern and guide your life and your situation in such a way that what is promised in Romans 8.28, that God will work all things to the good of those who love him, will not be fulfilled? God cares for you and he is an almighty And powerful God, he knows what he's doing. He never gave his son to save a star. He counts them all by name. He made them by his great power. But he doesn't love the stars as much as he loves his people. He doesn't love the stars as much as he loves you. He didn't give Jesus to die to save a star. He gave Jesus to die to redeem you, that you may know the living God and you might love him. He knows you. And he knows what he's doing. Trust him then. Believe in him. Rest in him. Remind yourself that he is the king. And take all your worries and all your anxieties and all your fears and set them before his throne. And say, Lord, I cannot make one hair white or black. But you are the God who holds the beginning and the end. Guide me. And help me to follow you wherever you will go. 
Beloved in the Lord, our God is an awesome God. He holds the heavens in his hands. Let us know what it is to trust him, to look to no other besides him, and to love him with all our hearts. We'll continue our study on Isaiah 40 and draw to conclusion next week. May the Lord bless you in the week to come, and may you see the hand of God, both in the creation around you and in the word of God God has given you, the Lord's blessings.